you remember the good old days when all you had to worry about was getting your homework done and getting home before curfew? Before you had to worry about jobs, projects, working, when you could long for a summer vacation and a winter break? Well, this is the podcast for when you realize that life can be hard. Hold on one moment. <sighs> Finally, he's gone. The last thing I need to hear is him plugging another podcast. Come take a listen to my show, Adulting Ain't Easy, every other Wednesday on the Journey into Comics Network. The following, the following is a Journey into Comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Back, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 33 of Poor 360, the show that covers topics of importance and topics that pop up in the news from time to time. As always, I am your host, Andrew Porno. Thank you for joining me here on this kind of gloomy day if you live in the Midwest. It's been kind of wet and rainy here. Um, but this brings us to this week's show. Last week's show was a little bit interesting, and since that episode, there's been a ton of news. Obviously, Forgetting anything about this show, I need to talk about the craziness happening in the Amazon. It is a mess seeing that it went unnoticed for over two weeks until Smoke had to go into a major metropolitan area sorry, to cause any sorts of outcry. And now we're seeing, I've watched on the news, like tankers going and dumping water, but it's, it's almost too little too late. It's essentially like someone setting fire to, well, I don't know why I'm going here, but, like, Endor. And it's just a big area with trees, and it's their dry season. Like, there's not a lot of rain. There's not, it's it's just easy kindling for these things. And once that fire starts, you've seen how it is in California, which has not nearly the amount of trees and vegetation that the Amazon has. And we're seeing this thing burn through state-sized chunks of land. And it's all unintentional, or not unintentional, it's all been set intentionally. It's not an accident. It wasn't a lightning struck a tree that set the fire going. It's farmers and people in Brazil and the surrounding areas using it to have easier access to develop the land in this pro-gov, or the pro-business administration that exists in Brazil. And it's crazy. And yes, you can share posts about it, you can condemn your sports saying like, this is... We're doing this to ourselves, like how the Amazon makes up for 20% of the world's oxygen and how it's losing that and it's going to make it harder for us as a as a human race to survive going forward. But it's just, we, there needs to be something to do more. And honestly, I don't know. It's not like it's here where we can go to these places. You can't just go to the Amazon like with a bucket of water and try to put it out. But you gotta you got to be motivated. You have to try and get... To someone who can actually, send, I know we need. I don't think we can really send like the national guard, but we can hopefully send someone, some kind of resources, give money. We saw that at the G7 summit today that they decided to donate like twenty million to the uh, Amazon, like basically the money to help put out the fire. But twenty million on an area that bad, that money is just probably going to get misappropriated before it even becomes any use. And it's not like how we saw with Notre Dame, which was another tragedy not nearly of that scale because it's just a big old building by comparison to the amazon which needs to exist forever like it can't be deforested like some people want 
But we saw that they raised billions and billions of dollars seemingly overnight to help restore it. And it's the fire was out within a day. Like, this thing's been going for three weeks, and I don't know what can take to stop it. But I definitely hope that this is resolved soon. I hope there's maybe a crazy weather event and rain dumps it and helps put it out, or the winds change and are able to get it, because we're still many months from their rainy season. So I'm not exactly sure what we can do, but definitely... Beyond all this entertainment stuff and the stuff going on that's gotten a lot more public attention, this stuff is really what matters. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's great to watch things on movie screens and TV, but if there's no Amazon, then there's not much hope for the rest of us. But with that said, I hope everything gets resolved. And I, I had to open my show this way. I didn't see another way around it. It seems to be dwarfed on the news cycle. Um by other things that are a lot of more flashier headlines. And really when things times when things happens outside of the US, people tend to not care that live there. So with that said, um, I kind of want to pivot to my next topic and I already teased the title. It is uh, called the um, the dangers of toxic fandom. Now, if anyone follows the world of entertainment, the world of sports, all of that, you know that there was some big events happening. I'm going to kind of work in reverse order to what's come out and the most recent thing and i was watching it i was watching the game when it happened was that the colts quarterback who's been a quarterback for uh, a number of seasons now announced his retirement well actually he didn't announce his retirement he told someone like he either told the team or he told someone ahead of time and that information got leaked during the colts bears game on sun saturday on saturday and it really took off. Like, that news went every which way. And it's not how he wanted it to go out. He probably had a plan just to tell his teammates, tell the people with the team that mattered most to him that he was planning to retire this season, and effectively pretty much immediately. And then he was going to probably just have a press conference and formally announce it. But because it took fire, and because in the age of social media... News, all it takes is one clickbaity title to get retweeted, to get posted, to get shared, and all of a sudden it's everywhere. So much so that when that game was over and Andrew Luck was leaving the field, he was getting booed by the people of Indianapolis, the Colts fans that were there to see them fight, play the Bears. On his last day, well, I don't know if it's officially his last day, but on the day that he that his retirement was unofficially announced, he got booed going into the tunnel. He saw people, fans of his, take off his jersey in because they were upset by the news. Like, there's no reason for that. He had to give a speech immediately after that game in just the stuff he was wearing at the game, just like a t-shirt and, like, athletic pants. And tell a story and explain his reasoning and talking about how he's been a cycle of injury um, injury therapy pain um, just to try and get himself back up to playing and playing through pain and having to be away from his family all that he he poured his heart out and he didn't want to do it this way he was not prepared he wanted his family there he wanted his loved ones there and he did do it unexpectedly because someone thought that news was more important than his time his timing his choice to reveal it 
And I think that's just awful. I think that is ridiculous. That the fans thought that was so important. And you can love the team, but it's just a football team. It's not that important. Yes, you can love to watch it, but we shouldn't become this mob when something doesn't go the way we want it to, the way we hope for. We shouldn't pick up our pitchforks and be like, I didn't like this. I remember years and years back when... Uh, LeBron James announced he was leaving Cleveland, and they, like, dropped his um, his big billboards off the wall. People were burning his jerseys in the street. It's just obnoxious. It doesn't... All it does... It doesn't hurt them financially. It doesn't hurt them physically. You're just throwing a tantrum because things didn't go your way. You're being childish. And I'm not going to stand for that. Look, it's... You're going to do... Like, people leave jobs for personal reasons all the time. At the end of the day, that was his job. That was his career. Yes, he made a lot of money doing it. He made a lot of fans out there. And he'll probably end up being, like, a commentator in the next year. But it was his choice. And us getting upset about it isn't going to change that. All it does is make him feel like shit for wanting to retire. For deciding that I've had enough. One of these days, this thing is going to leave me physically disabled in 20 years because of the injuries I sustained. Like, he's probably not going to be able to, like, in 10 years or 20 years, be able to lift up his grandchildren over his head because his shoulder's so messed up from playing. We've seen the injuries that professional football players have sustained from their from their years of play. Like, I have no idea how Tom Brady's still doing what he's doing at, what, 50? I don't know how old he is now, but he's the oldest quarterback or one of the oldest... I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know much about the Patriots. I just know that Tom Brady's been playing forever. And he might be as old as Bill Belichick, for all I know. I really, I could care less. But, it seems crazy that you think your fandom, your idea of what should be, should trump that person. Should trump what that person's decision is to be. And, I don't know. I, that just, it reviled me watching that. And that, the fact that every sports station, while games are currently playing... We're only talking about Andrew Luck's retirement. Even before it was official, even before his press conference, that's all they were talking. There was other teams on the screen, not the Colts-Bears game. There was, I think Seattle was playing, and the Chargers were playing. And, like, those were all games going on at the same time. And, yeah, that's all anyone could talk about was Andrew Luck's retirement. Yes, I understand. He's a popular quarterback. He's been playing for a few years. They know that this would cause some major changes, and people are preparing their fantasy lives and all that. But, it's really, it's his decision. Like... If you go to your boss, decide and say, like, I'm I'm quitting this decide, like, it's not gonna be news. Like, I understand that you have a life in the public eye. Like, we know like when a director leaves a movie. Like we saw this well, I'm, I'm I'll get into it later. But we've seen how the bigger the job, the more in public eye you are, when you do something that someone dislikes, it becomes the worst thing in the world. People will blow that up and just make it this big monumental thing that it's not really that big a deal. Yes, I understand it's probably going to throw the whole Indianapolis Colts team into disarray. People hoping that Angel Luck was going to take them to the Super Bowl this year is, well, obviously it's not going to happen because Angel Luck's not going to be there, but that doesn't mean that their team is falling apart. The team is more than just one person. If Tom Brady got hit by a car tomorrow and couldn't play the rest of the season, does that mean the Patriots aren't going to win a single game that season? No, but it means they might have to work harder. That means they have to put in the extra. They can't ride on the shoestrings of one player. Just like if 
a famous actor or musician or something that happens to them. Oh, that's a, that's a bad example. Obviously, after what happened, unfortunately, like Chester Bennington, um, Lincoln Park kind of ceased to exist. But there, that's that that's a that's a bad example. But uh, again, my condolences to them. It's but. I feel like you got to realize that there's things more important than just what you find entertaining. Because that's what all this is. Professional sports, movies, TV, all that. It's just entertainment. It's just escapism. It's just what we go to to get away from our world, to something to enjoy, just something to share as a a community with like-minded individuals. And just to see that the negativity and the vigil over Angela's decision that my health, my mental safety all that is more important than a game which is what really what it is that's what it's called it's a game that he like i remember it came out because if any of you who know andrew luck is really if you're not like a football fan you know like if you watch the show parks and rec that obviously took place in indiana the colts were a team that was featured like you had like reggie wayne and andrew luck and them have been on that show and uh the creator mike sure came out with a statement about it saying like Mike sure loved just... He only had to be there for like an hour. And he threw a catch to anyone who wanted to. He was the nicest guy and loved the game. And anything that can take... And to see him lose his love for the game, the fact that he wasn't having fun anymore, that it just was a job to him, is heartbreaking. That he realized that... I'm not doing myself any favors by continuing to play. And... Yeah, just see that... And to hear a statement like... He, it was honestly he was he was emotional. It was it was a horrible time. It was he was not mentally prepared to do it then, and he was probably forced to by Jim Irsay and the and the guys of the Colts. Like you got to make a statement. This is gonna if you plan to say this tomorrow or on Monday, it's you got to say it now. It can't it can't wait because it'll just blow. It'll just run the news cycle for the next forty eight hours. So he had to do it, and he it wasn't his time. It wasn't ready. He had to do it, and he had to he was still processing his decision and. I don't know that it was just awful to be a part of and to see him break up and say that and really understand his reasoning and him just thanking the people and his teammates. And yeah, I, I just, I felt for the guy and I can't imagine being in that position, but yeah, if you lose your love for something, don't keep doing it just to make other people happy. That's, you have to ultimately take care of yourself at the end of the day and take care of the ones you love most. So, with that, I'm going to pivot on to the other big news in the form of entertainment, and that involved what happened with, um, I don't know if this was early in the week, I think it was like, maybe on Tuesday, it was the, um, there was, uh, as anyone knows who's followed movies, superheroes, all that stuff, that long time ago, Marvel, before there was the MCU, before they were making films, they sold the film rights to try and get their comic creations onto the screen. And they sold them to, like, Fox and to Universal and Sony. And that was... So Sony bought the rights to Spider-Man, seeing it as the most bankable superhero that they had the rights to. I think... I don't know if that fell before or after the Fox deal, but... Like I, as what I've read, they've like they were offered the full Avengers. They just wanted Spider-Man and his his uh, his cavalcade of villains and his his whole universe, like the Venom, the Carnage, Flash Thompson, all all the all the people in his world, MJ, 
all his villains, his characters, all of the ones that are connected to him specifically, became the rights for film. The film rights became under Sony, and Sony used that to make three Spider-Man films in the early two thousands, two Spider-Man films in the late two thousands, and before, well, and an animated film, and before, um, and when the MCU took off at later in the late 2000s and into like the mid 2010s a deal was struck that gave Marvel and by connective tissue Disney who owns Marvel due to a deal that happened also in the 2000s 2000 was a big year for companies merging companies buying rights IP became a big deal which is at the end of the day what it is IP just intellectual property things that are owned by one person and used by another um so what we saw is that they struggled about a mutually beneficial relationship. Marvel could use Spider-Man, just Spider-Man, in the MCU. So he could connect with the likes of Captain America, Iron Man, uh, Black Widow, Black Panther, all of them got to play in their world. In exchange for Marvel and Kevin Feige as the producer and kind of the head creative guy at Marvel to help them with their standalone Spider-Man films that were totally owned by Sony. Sony financed the whole thing, got to enjoy the profit except for I believe it was 5%. 5% went to Digital Trouble and I'm sure as head producer Kevin Feige got money as well. I don't know the details on that. That hasn't been revealed. It may have been inferred in some articles, but there's no way to confirm that. So what we saw is that that deal was great. So the MCU got Spider-Man, which they were able to use in Civil War, in both Infinity, the Infinity War and Endgame. And then by turn, we got to see some great Spider-Man films, the likes of Homecoming and Far From Home. And the door was very much left open to continue that relationship. Because also since the comic rights, all that stuff is... Everything but the film rights is still owned by Marvel slash Disney. All the merchandise and everything they made from those films, like all the action figures, Funko Pops, all those toys and stuff, were still wholly under Disney's preview. Like, if Sony put out... was All, the, all those Funko Pops that Sony made that... Or from from Far From Home, a film made by Sony. All the pops and stuff, and all the marketing, like like action figures, pop vinyls, posters, all this stuff, all the merchandise from that, all those profits go to Disney. Sony sees none of that, as I am, as far as I am aware. So, after that happened, after the success of Far From Home, the fact that it became the first Spider-Man film to break a billion dollars there was a need to renegotiate. I don't know if the contract was up or if one of them approached the other to talk to talk numbers. So basically, what has been leaked, which I believe is necessarily was a leak, it was a leak that was done probably by, probably by Disney or one of the players for Disney that's loose to release the details to see as a business tactic to see if this would help influence what's going to come forward. So... Based on the deal that was leaked, is that Marvel came back, or Marvel came to the table saying, due to 
are influenced, the character of Spider-Man has both benefits both financially greatly. We've seen him on the marketing materials for the marketing and in the trailers, all that stuff for the MCU. We've seen him do great things. And because he's switched to the MCU, his standalone Spider-Man films have done great. They've done beyond expectations for what Amazing Spider-Man did, and because it was almost 20 years ago, what the original uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Mans did. So, Marvel's like, okay, to continue this relationship, we think there should be a 50-50 co-financing split. So, we'll each put up 50% of the money to make these movies, to make these standalone movies, and then we'll enjoy 50%, each of us will split the profits 50-50. We'll still maintain our You'll still get Kevin Feige to help you. We'll still get all the market. We'll get all the merchandising money, like we've been getting, and we'll keep this business going. And I believe I don't know if this is one hundred percent confirmed, but what I've read is that this new deal also extended to uh, creative control, maybe not full creative control, but creative input and financing regarding Spider-Man universe films, so Venom Two, for example, or. Uh, the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse that they're probably making. All those Kevin Feige and Marvel would have a say on. Saying like, okay, all of that, let's let's see if we can do this better, what we can do to improve this. Let's We can do it more our way, the, the MCU way. Which may be a good thing. According to some people, it's the only option. And obviously, I've... I'm trying to think how the best way to say it. So, that was the decision. And Sony, according to some reports, walked. Um, others said that they just kind of with their typical offer, saying, like, um, we'll still produce, like, we'll still provide 100% of the funds. We'll give you your 5%. We'll make this great. You can still have Spider-Man and however many films you need him in. Maybe it's maybe it's unlimited. I don't know if there was a certain picture deal. I know Tom Holland had, like, a five-picture deal. So, I think he has two other... Or five standalone picture deals. I don't know. He had a certain picture deal, so I think he still had two standalone movies with Sony either way. Because I think, if I remember, I believe Tom Holland has a contract with Sony and not Marvel. He may have a separate contract with Marvel regarding... I don't know the, the details. I don't... I, obviously, no one has the contracts, the full paperwork, the full deal paperwork, because that stuff's not leaked. That's held by lawyers and agents and all of that. So, I have no idea. I'm just inferring from what the articles I've read. So what we've seen is that either Sony balked the offer and walked, or Sony said we want to keep it and Disney walked. But either way, talks fell apart, and that information got leaked, and obviously it caused a major public outcry. People were saying that Sony was ruining Spider-Man by not giving in to Disney's demands. People were saying that all Disney wants to do is make it better and Sony is not listening to them or that why should we suffer for two big conglomerates infighting over their multi-billion dollar properties which is kind of the camp I'm in I don't know why they decided to make this put this thing in the court of public opinion but so th- that's what happened so since that we've seen um, which I believe yes the leak was definitely a business it, they wanted to strong arm a deal to happen the sooner the better because all it was going to do was hurt both companies in the long term if spider-man if spider-man is suddenly separated from the mcu 
Tom Holland's Spider-Man is now unable to talk about a lot of his character development. His character development is so tied to the MCU and to Tony Stark and Iron Man that if he suddenly can't talk about them, I don't know how they're going to explain it, unless somehow it opens up with him into like a what-if story or an alternate timeline where those characters didn't exist and he has no knowledge of it. And it becomes the sole, sto- the sole hero in this universe, which might be how they would do it if it's separately. And now the MCU, which is a well-oiled machine that's running, now has build-up and character like does um, does Doctor Strange suddenly not know who Peter Parker is, that he doesn't exist? They're just not going to acknowledge it. There's going to be a void left. So obviously it's in the best interest of both companies for this to continue. And they're just playing... They're playing dick-measuring contests about the best thing to do. Each one wants as much money as the other is willing to give. Obviously, if Sony could maintain the contract and keep 100% of the profits, not even give Disney the 5%, great. If Marvel would be happy if they would just give Spider-Man and all of his characters back to them, so or not even really back to them, because they never had him to begin with. But they to reclaim the rights that were sold in the 90s. So they could do make their own standalone Spider-Man films and have them in as many pictures as they want, and even have them in a series. Could have the Ned Leeds TV show on Disney+, Plus, which I'm sure is something that they would love to be able to use some of Spider-Man's characters, his villains, his heroes. Maybe make that Black Cat and Silver Sable movie they've been threatening to make for a while make that a Disney Plus show, because they're making everything else a Disney Plus show, it seems. But, I'm sure everyone would like to have as much of the pie as possible. Even so much as I heard that Disney approached Sony, well, Disney and Marvel by extension, approached Sony was like, give us a cash ball just to bite outright, and they said $10 billion, which is... Yes, it's an ungodly number, but in the age of IP, Sony has a big card. Because you can't think of Marvel Comics in general without thinking of Spider-Man. And I know I've heard people talk about how they could do to Spider-Man what they did to the Fantastic Four and the X-Men and reduce their um, their comic runs, reduce their merchandise, and try to make them a smaller character. But why would Disney... Like, even when... Sony was, even before Sony was making the Spider-Man films at all, Spider-Man comics were always selling well. And the merchandise was always selling well. Spider-Man's just a bankable character. They had the TV shows and the cartoons, all that stuff. But Disney gets all that money for it. It makes no business sense for them to, to tank their own business, their own bottom line. They're using him in Disney World, for God's sake. It makes no sense for them to belittle that just out of spite. I honestly don't see them doing that. I think anything they would... Because I think... Even if another company makes a bit of money... And people are saying like... Sony... Oh, is it terrible? I still think at the end of the day... The... The best... Like... Amazing Spider-Man 2 is probably better than at least one of the MCU films. Probably one of the early ones. All things considered. But... And everything's just all about your opinion... Like, some people love movies that other people hate or didn't enjoy. And saying that Sony never made a good Spider-Man film or that Disney would make it a thousand times better is just something that you're doing to make yourself feel better that gives you a reason. We've seen this mob mentality. And it's just, it's 
I don't personally think it's right. If anything, all this outcry was just going to make Sony feel guilty or feel like this would hurt their bottom line, that this would tank their shares. And I think we saw that. I think their shares did take a hit after the Spider-Man news broke. And then we saw the D23, which is Disney's big show-off. Look at our giant... Like, look at what we're bringing to you. And Spider-Man, Kevin Feige... Like, not Spider-Man. Yeah, Tom Holland. So Tom Holland and Kevin Feige made statements that are very much like... Whatever happens, happens. We knew this deal wouldn't last forever. Uh, Tom Holland said that, like, I still have two films. We're going to make those great however we choose to make them. It was all... Yes, as, as it's been said before, was a very PR drafted statement it was basically saying like it wasn't officially closing the door but it was closing it enough to make people concerned to just turn the wheels of public outcry and we saw as soon as this happened like as soon as this deal broke down we saw petitions pop up and i have to i have to address a, a good thing that happened is that nate phillips the podfather himself released a petition as soon as the news broke saying that, like, these two big companies need to settle the differences, and it involved, like, hashtag boycott Sony, how Sony would... I, I, let, me, let me pull up the change article, because I think it's uh, worth addressing. Um, change dot... Ah. Okay, so this is the article that... Uh, not the article... It was as of today, I know Nate's keeping track of this, as of my time of recording, it's about a little over 134,000. And the it's a change of oral petition, 103,000 votes, it's nothing to see. That is a great thing, and I think Nate really struck a chord, and it's, it's definitely taken off more than I think he or anyone hoped it would, and it got, uh, it got carried on news articles, bigger headlines, and we saw... Um, Change of words keeps Spider-Man with Disney and the MCU, which, if you want to sign the petition, definitely go to change.org and search that out. Um, his statement was, After the news day that Sony walked away from their deal with Disney, I cannot in good faith stand by while Spider-Man and his fans around the world become collateral damage. Spider-Man and the MCU has brought some of the best moments of modern cinema history. Sony, you must let go of this property or renegotiate with Disney to keep all of the fans happy. Please join me in standing against Sony, who I'll be boycotting until this matter is properly resolved. So the petition let make our voices heard. And while and he's listed the Journey Comics website, which great publicity there. Hopefully that leads to more viewers. We're building out my show, his show, all of that. And just the network in general. And it says hashtag boycott Sony, hashtag save Spider-Man from Sony. And yes. Both companies made a mistake. I don't think this is on the back of Sony. I think boycott Sony is not the way you go about doing this. Both companies are in the wrong here. Maybe Disney more so because Disney was still making good money for no work from a standalone side with the previous deal. They're just being a little greedy in my opinion and want to just get a big piece of pie. And they're willing to give up give up a good chunk of money. Like giving like I don't know what the budget was for Far From Home. Say it was what, four hundred million dollars. Okay, so they give $200 million to produce it, or to take care of all the phases, and it, the next one makes a billion as well. And that's a billion profit, so that means they get, for $200, or two, not $200, $200 million, they get back $500 million. Good return on their investment, 
for obviously for the creative work that of everyone involved, which isn't necessarily a bad deal, but not to say that. But then Disney, who not Disney, Sony, who previously made Spider-Man and put all that money in themselves, took the input, which I don't know if it was like it's not like Kevin Feige was in there in the editing room while with the director while he was editing. Like he probably helped them draft the story they wanted to tell, and then said. I'll be here if you have any questions. And then let them make their movie. Well, it's not to say that uh, the next movie, like the Spider- the next Spider-Man 3, whatever Spider-Man um, goes home, or, like, I don't know what they're going to make it. It seemed home to be in the title, I don't know. People have been trending the Spider-Man homeless, which is just obnoxious. But say that next movie, which, let's say it was Marvel-level good. People still... Hate it if it wasn't tied to the MCU. And I'm sure it might not hit the heights that it could have if it was under the partnership. But Sony is in their full rights to walk away from that deal if they don't see fit. They don't need to be muscled around by a big conglomerate who just gobbled up another company just to make more things and to expand their portfolio. And the people are saying, oh, Disney should just buy Sony. One, Sony is a big corporation that Disney can't buy. And people have realized that, like, they could maybe buy the Sony Pictures division of Sony, but they're not going to be able to buy the whole Sony itself. And why would they? It also would cause some major antitrust. We saw how difficult it was for them to acquire Fox's everything. And then we saw that the major casualties from people's jobs... I'm sure someone who works for... for Fox could care less about the X-Men, but yet their job... their job was lost or consolidated because they wanted that IP. Which in this in the entertainment business, that's what that's what companies want. They want their temple. They want their blockbuster. People could care less about like Sony Classics or Fox Searchlight making award-winning, groundbreaking artistic films that don't make eight hundred million dollars at the box office, but help create cinema as well. Like movies aren't just about blockbusters about big things that you've seen it's not about seeing your star wars and your superheroes and your i don't know your cartoon films i don't know but it's and i i I think it's just misguided to say that your wishes of fictional characters outweigh the real life implications of two major companies that just want more money like Yes, ultimately the people who work on these films, the actors, the producers, the filmmakers, they're ultimately fans of what they're making. But they're not going to do that job for free. Like, would Robert Jenner, would Robert Downey Jr. keep playing Iron Man if they said, like, oh, the next one we're going to give you less money? No, at the end of the day, a lot of, it's all business. And I think that letting a big company bully albeit not by much, a smaller company, is not how we get what we want. I think it's even better if they do stay separate to an extent. What we saw under... Because we see, like... Yes, Fox was making... X-Men, uh, Fox was making, like, X-Men films, and Sony was making Spider-Man films, and we're still getting MCU films. We're getting a lot more superhero content. Because this is not going to make as many films as... The three of them were making separately in the one year. It just—it's not—it doesn't make fiscal sense. 
we see that they're still making the cinema films, but they're making all these little shows in between, which costs a lot less money. That's a lot less advertising. And then it draws you to a, another avenue stream where they get money from you every month as opposed to four times a year or when you go to their theme parks. So being outraged over a business decision that's by no means finalized just seems misguided. And I know I've repeated that word, but I, I think this whole thing is just... The fact that people keep sharing it and tweeting it and all that... Well, there's so many more important things in the world to be discussing. Like, there's literally... The world is on fire, and all people can care about is why their favorite athlete isn't playing this season. While that just screwed up my fantasy team. Or the fact that... Oh, my favorite superhero is now not playing with my other superheroes I like. This outrages me. Like... It's hard to feel sympathy for that. It's just like the same thing that we saw in another Super Bowl. We saw with this whole mythical item called the Snyder Cut that may or may not exist, and it doesn't exist in a way that probably a lot of people hope it exists. It's not like this holy grail of a film that was 100% finished and all it needed was a distribution. No, it's it was... A cut of a film that a guy made before he left to deal with some things that really mattered. Like, people think that, like, Zack Snyder left because he was processing the loss of a child. And then people were just jumped on him for leaving. And people then criticizing the Whedon cut because it changed so much and it wasn't as gritty. And they did this, that, and the other. And the mustache was weird. And that was just because two other big companies were feuding over of character development that I feel like after watching Mission Impossible, I don't think it would have been that weird if he was clean-shaven versus a little scruffy with a mustache. Like, I don't think that... That was a weird character. Like, I don't think it added or took away from the character, but that's that's an old thing to be upset about. But... And then we also saw this with people that were... Well, before I get off the Snyder Cut, it's just... And every time there's a little tip, like, oh, I saw, like, a couple weeks ago or, like, two weeks ago that... Zack Snyder supposedly showed the cut to Jason Momoa, and then that caused, like, release the Snyder Cut, let's see it, I want to see a movie that probably has very little done graphics. People were upset when they re-released Endgame in theaters with new footage, and that footage turned out to be a not-fully-rendered Hulk interacting with a burning building. You know what kind of renderings they probably have on the Snyder Cut if they're... So just, like, do you want to see an 8-bit version of Darkseid? Would that make you happy? I don't think it would. You expect to see a fully finished film for your money. And you're entitled to that. But I think always thinking that there's something more that we are so... That we feel that we're entitled to that as fans. The people that have... Yes, you've given your money. You're the you're the reason they get the box office numbers they get. But a company like that isn't beholden to you. They're beholden to their shareholders. They're beholden to their CEO. They're... Like... Yes, the fans keep... Might keep the lights on to an extent. But they're still got to do things that make fiscal sense. And in 10 years, Warner Brothers could release the Snyder Cut if they could decide to like, oh, let's go back, but I don't think that'll ever happen. I honestly don't think the Snyder Cut will ever see the light of day. It'll go the way of that Superman movie with Nicolas Cage. It just will never be heard from again. And... I think social media has only made that worse because all it does is fuel this fire. Like, things that could stay in the dark don't because of social media. We saw it with the Spider-Man deal leaking. We saw that with Andrew Luck's retirement 
announcement that went horribly wrong. Like, I don't know. And I've talked about this on other shows and stuff in the past, like, how social media is only hurting fandom. We saw, like, with Rotten Tomatoes, how people will purposely tank a film score-wise so much so that Rotten Tomatoes had to prevent, like, had to step in because people were just, was it, tearing up Captain Marvel because of Shazam, or, like, it's just, it seems childish to the behavior that we're witnessing. But I'm not trying to offend anyone. I I think you should stand up for what you believe in, but I think there's things that sometimes are more important. And, honestly, that's kind of how I feel about today. I think that we need to take a step back and realize that these things are here to entertain us. They don't need... We don't need to stress about a film happening or not happening or not happening the way I want it to. We should just enjoy them for what they are. Like, are you going to avoid seeing a movie just because, oh, maybe they recast a character that you liked? Or because, oh, I'm not going to watch the next Colts game because Andrew Luck isn't playing. Like, just calm down and enjoy the thing for what it is. But sometimes it takes you to look at something differently to realize that maybe it's better this way. And, I don't know, that's just my two cents on it. I can realize that people will be very... will probably disagree with this heavily. But, in this world, and in this world, like... I'm speaking in my kitchen to no one. But you guys are listening in. And everyone's entitled to their opinion. This is just mine. You can listen to JIC and you can listen to this show and get two sides. Some that are they're different. Others, but we all just want this deal to... To be finalized, include, and maintain the status quo. Whether it involves maybe Marvel giving Sony 25% of their production cost for 25% of the profits, and then everything else maintains the same. That might be what happens. I don't think 50... I think 50 is a little outrageous. I think if the number is real, Sony trying to sell Spider-Man rights to Disney for $10 billion is just... A weird move, and I think that's all just nonsense and a little ridiculous, but I don't think Disney needs the full rights. I think a deal should be struck that makes them both happy. I think I even told uh, Nate and some other people the idea I had was that um, that here's what would happen. This is, this is what I w- would say should, should exist and then go from there. Is that Marvel and Sony should negotiate on a lump sum deal for the rights of Spider-Man, the full film rights, to revert back to... Or not revert back, but to be given fully to Disney for a lump sum with three stipulations. One is that all future... uh, All future movies featuring or starring Spider-Man, Sony gets one-half to one percent of profits. Which... If it does really well, it means a small amount of money for Sony. They also is that Marvel will produce and help with all in development Sony films involving Spider or involving Spider-Man: The World of Spider-Man. So that means like Disney will help with Venom Two. They will help with Spider-Man: The Spider-Verse Two. 
they would help them finish off their whole slate of in-development films, whether it's in script stage, in film stage, wherever it ends up falling. And I'm trying to say I have that full list here. Um... I'm trying to figure out where I actually sent I think I sent it to Nate with my idea. If I can just find it here. Um, dang, I went too back too far. So, yeah, here's what I said. So, the, uh, nope, it was the wrong area. Oh, yeah, so here's my stipulation. So, Sony uh, sells the full rights to Spider-Man for a lump sum with three stipulations. Like I said, Sony receives a half to one percent for all films featuring or starring Spider-Man in perpetuity. Which means for the life of Disney making superhero films, every film, like Avengers film that features Spider-Man, Sony gets a cut. A solo film starring Spider-Man, Sony gets a cut. Um, Marvel and Sony will work together on a 50-50 arrangement financially and creatively on all in-development Spider-Man films. Spider-Vis 2, both remaining Spider-Man films, Venom 2, etc. And then, the stipulation 3 is that all future films, TV shows, etc. after the development are a complete and 100% in creative and financial goal of Marvel slash Disney, except for point one. So basically, that means for the life of either company, as long as they're making a film starring or featuring Spider-Man, Sony gets a small percentage, a half to 1%. Sony gets to make all films featuring Spider-Man that they've wanted to make. And everything in development, they get to see made and done with, and then they get to pass that on knowing that it can be interconnected. Maybe the final film that they work with together would be the bridge that fully connects that. So, I don't know, that's just what I saw as a way to ease tensions. Marvel gets the deal they want and then eventual rights to the character... Sony gets a nice chunk of money for Spider-Man, plus it's to see all of the movies they want to make made. Because I'm sure the people at Sony have great ideas too, and that shouldn't be overshadowed just because Kevin Feige and the group over at Marvel slash Disney have done great work with the characters they had. And I'm sure we're going to see some great stuff happen with Fantastic Four and with the X-Men and stuff in the future as well, but I think they should be able to see some of their visions come to life, and with the help of Marvel slash Disney, we can see those truly realized and helpful. So... That's that's what I think, and that's how I think I can end this on a high note. But yeah, realize that there is a dark side to fandom, and like Ray's force vision of her as a Sith Lord, we got to realize that we got to be the light in this situation. We can't go to the dark side here. We got to yeah stand for what we believe in, but realize that at the end of the day, it's still entertainment, and you got to respect decisions that have that happen, and we can't throw a tantrum we can't get upset we can't create more negativity just for wanting more positivity in our lives so that's i think where i'll leave the show for this week feel free to comment um reach out to me if you have questions i'm happy to discuss this more with anyone um on or off the network uh listeners out there you can follow me on the socials um and reach out that way and if there's a big negative outcry, I'll just stop podcasting because at the end of the day, this is something I do for fun. And if it's not fun, I'll stop doing it. So with that said, that will do it for Poor360 for this week. I am Andrew Poor, and you guys have a great week. And definitely just enjoy life and enjoy things that you love.
Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Poor360. You can find us on the socials at Poor360 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us and all the other podcasts on our network at journeyintocomics.com or early access at patreon.com slash journeyintocomics. You can find us on all podcasting platforms like CastBox, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and many others. 